trigger warning. This podcast episode features discussions of emotional and narcissistic abuse, as well as physical abuse. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Emotional Abuse is Real. I'm your host, Serene Leeds. I'm a professional writer and storyteller, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. My guest is Faith C. Echo, a narcissistic abuse survivor, a trauma-informed recovery coach, and an advocate for emotional and narcissistic abuse victims. But as always, before we get into today's episode, I have a few requests. First of all, I wanted to let you all know that I'm planning a series of episodes dedicated to toxic work environments. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, then you already know that my emotional abuse story stems from my toxic boss and my apathetic coworkers. If you have a toxic workplace story you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Whether you experience toxic workplace culture, a toxic boss, or a toxic coworker, or even all three. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at SereneLeadsWrites or via email at hello at SereneLeadsWrites.com. I've left this information in the show notes as well. Also, please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Another way to connect with me and this podcast is through my email list, which you can subscribe to by downloading my free resource, 10 Things I Learned from Getting Paid to Watch TV. This download is a collection of some of my best writing tips and tricks, all of which I learned from covering television. My email list is a great way to stay up to date on my latest published articles, new podcast episodes, and to connect with me if you're a business or brand owner. Did you know that in addition to my journalism work, I'm a professional writer specializing in website and email copy? Well, now you do. And if you're in the market for someone who can make your business copy sparkle, I'd love to talk to you further. The sign-up link for my free download, 10 Things I Learned from Getting Paid to Watch TV, is available in both the show notes and on my website, sereneleadswrites.com. Speaking of my website, are you mulling over possibly hiring me to do some fabulous copy work? Hey, that's awesome, but don't just rely on my own self-promotion. You can find several glowing client testimonials over on sereneleadswrites.com as well. As for the podcast, please help support Emotional Abuse is Real by heading over to Apple Podcasts and both leaving a five-star rating and writing a review, and also by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee page. As I've said before, this is a one-woman operation, and your donations help fund the podcast's production costs. All links are in the show notes. If you can, please share this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I truly do believe that we are building a community of survivors with emotional abuse is real. And the more awareness we raise, the easier it will be for victims to come forward. On today's episode, I welcome Faith C. Echo. 
Faith is the author of Rising from the Ashes, a testament of strength and survival after narcissistic abuse, a memoir recounting her four-year relationship with a narcissistic abuser and her heart-pounding covert escape with her young son. Faith now works as a trauma-informed recovery coach specializing in post-narcissistic stress disorder and is a passionate advocate for emotional and narcissistic abuse victims. I'm so grateful to Faith for coming on the podcast to share her story and to offer an assurance to survivors that there is help out there. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Faith C. Echo. My name is Faith Echo, and I am a trauma-informed recovery coach. I help people who have dealt with narcissistic abuse, and um, I am an advocate for educating like the law force, judicial systems, and just society in general, because not a lot of people know about this topic, so I feel very, very strongly about spreading, spreading the word. Wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. We need more people like you. So to kick things off, uh, Faith, if you could please share your emotional abuse story. Absolutely. So I was in a four-year relationship with a malignant narcissist, and I had no idea what a narcissist is. And I'm a social worker, and I just ignorantly thought they were just arrogant people. And I had no idea how much darker it can go. So the first year was amazing. I mean, of course, he was just charismatic and loving and doting on me. And and I now know that's called the love bombing stage. Yes. And then very, very subtly things started to shift. And he just changed into a different person. He was just demeaning and would always criticize me and say just horrible, horrible things to me. And then he became extremely controlling and possessive to the point where if I wanted to go out with friends, I would get the silent treatment or I would Mm -hmm. get horrible, horrible tongue lashings. And so I decided it just wasn't worth the wrath anymore. So I stopped going out with friends. Um, Little by little, I was becoming isolated. Yeah. And I thought that I was going crazy because I was told I was the crazy one. And Mm -hmm. he started hiding things. Like, for example, if I'd leave my keys in the kitchen and I'd come back and they were gone, I'd ask him if he had seen them. And he says no. So I searched the entire house. I come back and they're exactly where I knew I had left them. And he'd say, see, Faith, you're, you're really losing your mind. You need antipsychotic medication. You're severely crazy and mentally ill. And you start to believe all these things. Yeah. After years of being fed these toxic things, you believe you're a loser. You believe you're the crazy one. Yeah. Um, and we would get into arguments. And one day he went to try to punch me. Mm-hmm. And I ducked just in time. Good. So I locked myself in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And then when I finally knew he was down in the basement, 
I came out, I tried to call anybody and he had paused my cell phone. Everything was in his name. Oh, dear. So I went to go get my car keys and he had hidden them on me. So I felt trapped. I felt scared. um, And things like this started happening more and more. Mm -hmm. And we had a young son together who was picking up on all of this. So Mm -hmm. much so that he had developed a stutter, then reverted to bedwetting. Mm -hmm. And he was always asking, Mama, why is Dada so mad at you? Why are you Mm -hmm. crying all the time? Why are you sad? And I would try to go to work sometimes and he took the starter out of my car. So yeah, I later found out he was recording me. There were hidden Uh cameras all over my house. Mm -hmm. He was listening to my phone calls. Mm -hmm. He was reading my email, my texts. I mean, complete violation. And I could never, ever understand why. Yeah. So then one night he came to me and he said, I'm taking our son tomorrow because you are a mentally unfit mother. And wow. I, that was the final straw for me. Of that course. was it. I was like, we're sitting ducks. So I called my friend mm-hmm. and I told her to please come get me at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. I said, pull into my driveway with your, your high beams off, your lights off, mm-hmm. and I'll be waiting. So I was. I've never been so terrified in my entire life. Sure. So I sat looking out the window, rocking my son. And as soon as I saw her car pull in, I just ran. I took my son and we ran. Yeah. Um, My lawyer had advised me if any time I felt threatened to leave the house. Uh So I contacted him the next morning and he advised me to go to the courts to Mm -hmm. um, get a restraining order. Yeah. Which I was granted. Mm -hmm. So. It was just a nightmare that I would not wish on my worst enemy. I just want to commend you on your bravery. I really hope that you're proud of yourself. I know that it was terrifying. And I know that there are just so many people out there who wish that they could do what you did. So what happened next? So, um... The judge, and he was always throwing me out of the house. Like he would put my stuff in garbage bags and get out of my house. And of course, everything was in his name. Yeah. Everything. Of course. Um, So the judge actually made him leave the house for 30 days. Okay. Like not go anywhere near me um, until I found a place to live. So I was given 30 days to find a place to live. And I had no clue where I was going. I (laughs) had zero clue. Um, but by the grace of God, I was able to find something and I just, the entire time maintained unwavering faith that that the universe had my back and that I would get to where I needed to be. And right now I am the happiest and the healthiest I've ever been. Um, I have another son who I don't share with him (laughs) and I feel like when I was with him, I was just a shadow. Like I had mentally been hijacked. Like I couldn't show up for my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think cut the deepest. Sure. But now they're getting to know their mom again. We're creating happy memories. Um, 
I'm still, I suffered severe post-traumatic stress, like severe. Um, I developed agoraphobia, Mm -hmm. just nightmares, um, just triggers everywhere. If I saw someone that looked like him or if I heard a certain song and super hypervigilant, super. Sure. So um, I did therapy. It, It was two years ago that I Mm -hmm. got out of this relationship and I've been able to process my trauma because we absolutely need to sit with our emotions and honor them in order to heal as ugly and terrifying as that is to go back to those dark places. But I'm happy to say now I can leave my house and I don't panic when I hear loud noises and I'm sleeping better. And I just, I wrote a book about my experience, a memoir, because I need to share my story. I need, yes, yes, I need people to know if you're in this situation, it is not your fault. Mm -hmm. You are not the crazy one. And it's absolutely possible to get out of the relationship. Uh, Some people stay for the kids. That's, we should never, ever, ever stay for the children. Conversely, we need to get out for the children Mm -hmm. and just know that it is our birth given right to live happy, peaceful lives and be loved unconditionally. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said all of these things because we need as many people saying it. And that's one of the many reasons why I created this podcast, because I know that there are still a lot of people in these kinds of relationships and they stay there for the kids. And it hurts me every single time I have to witness something like that. So, uh, and I, I just wanted to mention real quick, I just want to give a huge shout out to your friend who rescued you, so to speak. And I just wanted to ask, um, how is your son doing? He is thriving. I was so scared that because his whole life was flipped upside down. and But he seems relieved. I mean, he's Good. away from the toxicity and he's <laughs> thriving and he's just got that belly laugh back. And oh. yes, he's, he's doing fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I do, yes, I would love to hear more about your memoir uh, called Rising from the Ashes, A Testament of Strength and Survival After Narcissistic Abuse. What can readers expect from this book? Is it just your story or do you also offer advice for those in similar situations? I definitely recount the hell that I went through and share stories. And there's a lot of education about narcissistic personality disorder, about abuse. Um, There's a lot of resources in there to to find help and things that helped me. Mm -hmm. I found that when I was going through it, listening to other survivors' stories is what got me through it, is what gave me the strength to do what I did. So I needed to, to write this book to just educate people and let them know that they're not alone. And in the back, I I provide a glossary and um, the cycle of of abuse because there's a definite pattern. Um, 
the love bombing, the discarding, the devaluing, the hoovering, it's it's all 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 in there. So I feel like after people have read my book, they will feel like they have a PhD in narcissists. <laughs> it's just yes, I needed to just it was a terrifying experience to write this book. It definitely mm-hmm. took me back to a lot of ugly places and I would get re-triggered and sometimes mm-hmm. I had to step away from writing, but I knew that I had to keep going because if I can at least help one person, then it was all worth it. Exactly. Exactly. So was writing the book part of the healing process for you as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt empowered. I felt like I got my voice back. Um, It was very healing and cathartic to sort of reprocess those emotions and putting it down all on paper. I felt like a weight lifted off off my shoulders. Oh, that's great. So you're also a trauma-informed recovery coach uh, specializing in post-narcissistic stress disorder. What can your clients expect when they work with you? Well, first of all, I just bear witness to their story. I let them explain exactly what happened to them. I think the most important thing is validation Mm -hmm. because they've been invalidated for so long And we just try to process the trauma and exposure therapy helps too, because when we sit with emotions and everything that we were feeling and tell our story, we can start to realize that we are not our story. What happened to us does not define us. What happened to us is in the past. And we can slowly see that right now there is not um, a present threat. And I help them focus on being mindful. We practice gratitude. We do yoga. And yeah, just just being there for them for whatever they need. Now, that's wonderful. Can you explain uh, what exactly exposure therapy is? So I learned more about this through EMDR. Mm-hmm. Eye movement desensitization. Desen- I can never say that word. Reprocessing. <laughs> um, And what you do is a therapist moves his finger bilaterally, and then you follow the finger and you start to remember your trauma. And they want you to really submerge yourself into it, like feel what you were feeling, if there was any smells. And just the more we sit with these these, um, experiences, the less effect they start to have on us over time. And it doesn't happen just once. It's got to be a repeated pattern. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Thank you. Um, so tell me uh, more about your advocacy work. Uh, what is your focus? I've been, I teamed up with a woman and we work with emergency responders mm-hmm. and we train them because they don't oftentimes see the, um, the signs of domestic violence. And what people don't know is that domestic violence is not just physical Mm -hmm. and coercive control exists, which is mental, emotional, um, everything minus physical that really messes with you. And that is abuse. And 
Jennifer's Law, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I've heard of it. Yep. Came into effect in October, I believe it was 2020, um, that now has added the definition of coercive violence into domestic violence so that people are able now to get protective orders, even if they don't have physical scars, because all of this causes internal scars that nobody can see. So a lot of the times women aren't believed. And um, Jennifer Dulos was a prime example of that. She kept going to the police and saying, I'm fearful for my life. This guy is going to do something to me. And they didn't believe her because she couldn't prove anything. Right. And he, Fotis Dulos, ended up murdering her. Yeah. And the same with another woman, Jennifer Magnano. She was forced to testify against her abuser in court. And afterwards, he shot and killed her in front of her two young children. Yeah. So because of these beautiful women, um, Jennifer's Law came into effect and is named after them. What would you say to those people currently in emotional or narcissistic abuse relationships who don't know what the first steps to take should be? Um, devastatingly, they should come to terms with the fact that who they thought their partners were never, ever existed and slowly realize that they've been eroded, their self-esteem so subtly that they haven't realized what was happening to them. Um, They should surround themselves with loved ones and sort of form an army, a safety circle around themselves. Therapy absolutely helps. If they feel threatened in any way, they can go to the court and get a protective order. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely, they need to get out of the relationship. It's a lot easier said than done, but it's so much more complex because there are so many reasons why women stay in relationships. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand. And if they stayed, they had it coming. And But there are so many more obstacles, like people who don't want to break up families, people who have been financially abused, and they have nothing to their names. And they, how are we going to pay the bills? Where are we going to live? And so if something feels off, it is. And love yourself enough to get out of the situation. I promise you can do it. I promise you can heal and thrive. Um, Try to get out safely if that's possible. If it's not, there's domestic violence shelters and just keep going. Just keep going. Give yourself grace and just never, ever give up hope or faith. I just want to give you a the floor, if there's anything else that if if I didn't cover that you wanted to say to anyone who might be listening. Again, you are worthy. You have value. You are not broken or all these things that these abusers make you feel and try as hard as you can. Just get out of bed every single morning. 
just put your clothes on and try to just keep going. Sometimes you feel like you cannot go on. Mm-hmm. And we need to absolutely be there for our children because they've also yeah. been through the horrible war and they're they're suffering too and they need healing as well. Whenever I look at um, toxic relationships in my life where I'm just basically a bystander because I know it should not continue, all I can think about is the children in those relationships because they're the ones who are being hurt the most. They really are. And they grow up believing what they see. Mm-hmm. And if they see abuse, they come to normalize that and, and yeah. feel like that's what love is. And that's how you treat people. And then it'll carry on until into their adulthood. So I also just wanted to give you an opportunity to let the listeners know how they can connect with you and where they can buy your book. Thank you. Absolutely. I have a website www.basieecho.com. And on there are the links to buy my books, uh, links to my social media, um, some more information. So I think that would be a great place. My email, basieecho at gmail.com. I'm always open to hearing people's stories or if you want advice or just a shoulder to cry on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. I will leave uh, all of those links in the show notes. And Faith C. Echo, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your story and for sharing your expertise. Thank you so much for allowing me this platform to, to share my message because it needs to be spread far and wide so that people understand this. And there are support groups specifically for victims of narcissistic abuse. And actually, June 1st um, is National Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day. Wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Can you share more information about those support groups? Absolutely. There are so many out there that, that exist. Like, you can find them on social media. You can Google some around your area. You can do them virtually. And it just is so validating to be with people who understand what you're going through, to, to hear each other's stories and help each other and just support. Because unless you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you can never, ever fully understand how insane insane it is. It's so true. And I I mean, I always, I'm sure regular listeners to this podcast are probably sick of hearing me talk about my, my personal experience, but it's so true because my abuser was a narcissist. My therapist told me that he was, uh, and he was my work. He was my boss in my workplace and he, no one around me seemed think that he was that bad. No one wanted to see how terrible and toxic the relationship was. So I'm so grateful to people like you for coming on the podcast. And like you said, the validation is critical to healing. Faith, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Great to talk to you.
Thank you for listening to my conversation with Faith C. Echo on Emotional Abuse is Real. If you would like to connect with Faith or purchase her book, Rising from the Ashes, A Testament of Strength and Survival After Narcissistic Abuse, I've left her Instagram, website, and email information in the show notes. If you would like to share your own emotional abuse story here on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out via email at hello at sereneleadsrights.com or through Instagram at sereneleadsrights. And that includes any toxic workplace stories for my upcoming series. Please note that this podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional mental health services. If you are a victim of emotional abuse and need help, please call or text the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 887-88. Once again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram. Go grab my free download, 10 Things I Learned from Getting Paid to Watch TV. And if you can, please support us through our Buy Me a Coffee page. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.